So we started off with hinting at Isaiah. And so here is that passage from Isaiah 64. If only you would tear open the heavens and come down. Mountains would quake before you like fire igniting brushwood or making water boil. If you would make your name known to your enemies, the nations would tremble in your presence. When you accomplished wonders beyond all our expectations, when you come down, mountains quaked before you. From ancient times, no one has heard, nor no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God but you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You look after those who gladly do right and will praise you for your ways. But you were angry when we sinned. You hid yourself when we did wrong. We have all become like the unclean. All our righteous deeds are like a menstrual rag. All of us wither like a leaf. Our sins, like the wind, carry us away. No one calls on your name. No one bothers to hold on to you, for you have hidden yourself from us and have handed us over to our sin. But now, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. All of us are the work of your hand. Don't rage so fiercely, Lord. Don't hold our sins against us forever. But gaze now on your people, all of us. Lord God, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a moment with the children this morning. So today is the first Sunday of Advent. Time of Advent is a time of waiting and getting ready for the birth of Jesus at Christmas. And sometimes it's hard to wait for Christmas morning, right? But we have lots to do as we're as we prepare for that arrival. I know it's early, but many of you may be getting excited about presents, about things we see around us, about you know the decorations. Sometimes things are surprising. You know, we're waiting for the, the hidden thing, right? So uh, Jake, you're gonna need to zoom in on this, but um, so today I have some special socks. They're normally hidden. Like when I'm standing up, you can't see the socks, right? So it's a, see, it's a Christmas tree, right? My, so it's a surprise. And that's what our, you know, the surprises are great, but sometimes we get, we get so excited about the surprise, we forget why the surprise is there. We forget about what the real meaning of Christmas is. It's not about the surprise, it's about Jesus. And so I encourage you to spend time with your family during the season remembering what this is about. So one way you could do that is if you find a shoebox... And then in that shoebox, you can create a scene of Christmas, of what Christmas is. Um, I'll let you do that on your own in the next few weeks. And uh, actually, it'd be kind of cool to, as we get really close to Christmas for, for you to send me a picture of your box, and we'll share those. It'd be kind of neat, huh? Because it'll help us. If you spend time with your family doing that over these next few weeks, that then it can help us focus on what really is important. And surprises are great, and, and they, they are exciting. But it's not totally what this is. You need to focus more on Jesus herself. You can, you can take construction paper. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, but make a little shoebox scene of, of what Christmas is really about, what's really important. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll look at those later and, and, and share them, and that'd be fun. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, as we wait for your coming, Help us to keep our focus, our attention on you. There's so many things that we can do this season. So many things that can distract us while we wait for Christmas. 
but we want to keep a sharp lookout for you. In your precious, strong, and holy name we pray. All right, so this season's been weird, right? This year's been strange, and if you're anything like I've been this year, all of a sudden I'm thinking, yikes, it's Advent. Anybody felt that? I mean, yikes, we are here already. But then again, maybe yikes is exactly the right way to approach Advent. It's an admission that yikes is kind of saying, no matter how closely we pay attention to the calendar, no matter how much we follow the development of the Christian year, we still are surprised sometimes when Advent shows up. Sometimes it seems way too early. This year is one of those, I think. You know, it's, it's too early. It can't be time for this. So maybe that yikes is fitting. We're just not ready. Our lists grow longer. Sometimes our accomplishments seem fewer. For everything we check off, there are six more things that, that slip off the list, slip onto the list. And so we, we don't even know how that happened. That's where some of the legends about elves came from as well, because people were wondering how in the world their Christmas to-do list kept getting longer when they checked stuff off. It must be the elves. We're not ready. There is something about the season, though, that brings out the, the kid in all of us, isn't there? When we lean into the hope, there's an excitement in the air. So let that excitement grow. Let that buzz be felt, because as adults, we know that there's work to be done before the season can completely get underway, where there's just a lot to do, right? Like when company's coming, uses a lot to do. So how will we welcome the Christ who comes? But that's exactly why we need Advent. The creators of the Christian calendar so many years ago knew that, that we all would need a swift kick to get the new year started. So it begins with a call to get ready. Because we aren't ready. Worse than that, sometimes we've forgotten that there is anything to get ready for. Or we thought we were supposed to be getting ready for a celebration of the past, preparing for a historical observation of something God did at one time, some time ago. And we're grateful for it, and we're still defined by it, but I mean, try and live differently because of it, but it's old news, right? Or maybe not. So what is it that we're waiting for? Maybe what we're waiting for is not a historical remembrance, but a new reality, a new encounter. And this new encounter can be shocking. It can wake us up from overlooking what really surrounds us. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I distinctly remember being sent to my room several times growing up to clean my room. Sound familiar? And you open the door and look in and go, it's not so bad. It's kind of clean. Never mind the pile of clothes in the corner or the stack of papers fall, about ready to fall off the desk or the you know, food wrapper that almost made it into the trash can. It looks clean to me. Or you think maybe clean enough. And I don't know about you, but I've also ex continued to experience that in my adult life where I think the room looks pretty good until somebody comes home and says, why is the room so dirty? I, am I the only one that has that happened to? I, I, I just, you know... I. It could be, I, I don't know, but we have stuff, and it's not always pretty, and it's not always clean. It extends to our lives. It's not just our rooms, it's, it's our whole lives, right? And Advent is, is also a penitential season. We use the same color for Advent that we do for Lent to signify this, this time of penitence, this time of preparation. So we're not just getting our external space ready to receive the guest and our other guests, we're also preparing our internal space 
for that reception. So we begin Advent by acknowledging that we need to clean house because this place is a mess and company is coming. So Isaiah, the prophet, comes along to ask us to take another look at our living space. Like our mom, Isaiah stands at the door and tells us that company is coming and would you just look at the squalor you're living in? What would happen, the prophet shouts, if the one you claim to be waiting for were to show up today? What if the one you want to come home tore open this door right now and comes in charging into the house? What do you do then? Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, Isaiah cries. We know that you're present, Lord. Our faith tells us that you are here, but we need to know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Shake us up so that we can be certain again. See, we've begun to wonder. We've begun to doubt. So do it again, Lord, just like you've done in the past. And that's where historical observation comes in, right? This is where telling the story becomes important. Not just so we can look back with a sigh and a longing for the good old days. Not just so we can wish for the blessing that they had back in the day. But so that we can learn to recognize it when it comes again. That's the task of Advent. To pay attention to what is, to what is and what might be. Not simply to look back at what was. When Isaiah was written, the people of God were in exile. The foundations of their nation had been shaken. The comforts they had taken for granted had been taken from them. The human institutions that they had constructed no longer held the security that they had begun to assume was always there. They began to look elsewhere, and they realized that their faith had been shaken as well. They needed a boost, so they looked back. When they looked forward at the same time, the mountains of their society were shaken. And so Isaiah is saying, shake the mountain. So they needed an advent. We remember, they said. We remember how you used to deal with us, and we want that again. Isn't that what we want too? Don't we want to remember that as well? To experience that God in our lives again? So to look back is not just to make us feel good about the past. It's also to spur us to living differently. Advent is a reminder to get us out of our sense of complacency. Now, that may seem like something we don't need this year, because I think this whole year has been not one of complacency, right? It has shaken us from what we're used to. This year has shaken us from what was secure, because it is hard to be complacent when things are difficult. But when things are going well, sometimes it's hard to be shaken up. But Advent works in both situations because it gives us a focus. Because see, when things are hard, we use Advent as a prayer, as a reminder to hope. So maybe we need Advent even more this year. I heard a comment made several years ago that our country was, was changing from trying to be good to trying to feel good. The results of that shift have been evident in many areas of our culture and society. See, it's left us broken in a lot of ways, and we can't heal our longing with things. We can't heal our hurt by turning inward and only caring about ourselves. We can't create peace through selfishness. Peace only comes through hope. Advent is hope. Hope is what remains after our worst fears are realized and optimism seems a distant memory. This lament from Isaiah is perfect for this part of Advent and for the difficult part of our lives right now. See, Advent points to, to three Advents. Advent means coming of God, so three comings of God. The first Advent is God in Jesus Christ. That's the one that we 
remember in the manger, right? The second advent of God is when God returns in power and glory. The third advent is God coming into our lives. So how can we use this season of Advent to be a time to prepare ourselves to experience God's presence more fully? So we need God to break into our lives so we become more than just observers of the season, but active participants who allow God's grace and hope to change us. So believe it or not, that's also the call from Jesus in our gospel this week. It's a call to hope. Sometimes it's hard to, to decipher in some of the passages, but it's there. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. That doesn't seem very hopeful, does it? Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. See, there's hope in there, right? God's coming. And then Jesus, in this passage, tells us to keep awake. We don't know when it's coming. Seems like a lot of pressure, doesn't it? There's a lot to do. There's a deadline to meet but at the same time, there's this promise that the Master is near. Not a threat, but a promise. We're not alone. What we see in front of us is not all there is. History is heading somewhere. We might not know where exactly, except that it is some place called the Kingdom of Heaven, which Jesus described often as life. And that's what we long for in the end, right? Life. In all its fullness and meaning, Life and all its joy and promises, that's what's coming. That's what's promised. And we forget now and then. We forget that we're looking for anything, that we're hoping for anything. And then Advent comes and reminds us with a not-so-subtle reminder that there is a very specific thing that we should be looking for. Advent reminds us that our lives are a mess. This place is a mess. But we can do something about it because company's coming. We can be focused and ready for Christ to be in our lives. This is the advent of Christ. There is hope in the darkness. Let us be ready to receive him. Amen.